And now, obviously, they have to grow up, and there's a lot of growing up still to be done. They have to make choices and all of that because God will never force them to do anything. But God takes these prayers very serious. And, uh, and we have a great, beautiful, loving Heavenly Father that pursues each one of these child's lives, has a unique purpose and destiny for each one of their lives. And our commitment as a body of Christ is to help them fulfill that and to walk into the fullness of the dreams and the purposes of God for their lives. I was Apparently, the first thing that happened to me when I was born is I was prayed for, because my mom and dad had a little girl before me, and she only lived for six days. And so um, they, they, str they struggled for a few years, and then, hey, I came along, right? And I was the answer to lots of prayers. And uh, um, uh, God, they give me back to God straight away. And so as I was saying to somebody the other night, it's kind of like that, that, there was like a mark on me. And you see, the Bible tells us, and not to scare you, but it's just the reality. The Bible tells us that the enemy wants to steal and kill and to destroy, right? So that means that the enemy at this moment in time has certain assignments that he wants to put against our children's lives because he wants to steal and he wants to kill and he wants to destroy. But when we pray for them, what we do is we establish a stronghold around their lives. We put the mark of heaven upon them. Right, we silence the foe and the avenger so that they can become all that Jesus has created them to be. And, uh, and so we're excited about watching them grow up before us. Amen. So what we're going to do, the way we're going to do this, and in a moment they're going to just ask all the parents to stand where they are. They've been looking over some of these vows that we're just going to speak over them and they're going to say to us, um, just respond to, and then I'm going to ask the whole congregation to stand in a few moments, and I want us to commit, maybe family and friends as well, to come before the Lord and praying for them. And then when we do that, we're going to ask uh, the parents to come up in two sets. We're going to pray individually over each child. Is that all right? So stick, stick with us. It'll take 10 or 15 minutes or so, but it's going to be good fun. All right? So if the parents of the children that are being dedicated, if you could stand, just just where you are. That would be brilliant. So we've got uh, seven children being dedicated and six or six different couples. So we've got two of the Lockhart's being dedicated. So six different couples. And so you can take a look around there and see them and see the children. And <clears throat> so let me just, as they stand, let me just read a couple of scriptures over them. I think they're on, I think I, think I have them on the screen. I just want to read these scriptures and then, and then I'm going to ask you the questions that we have um, sent you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Okay? Impress them upon your children, parents. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Try and impress the word of the Lord upon your children. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And our strong exhortation to you today is that you will seek with the grace of God to love God yourselves with every fiber of your being. And as you do, to teach your children to do the same. And as you love God, you'll model before them the life of that he would desire for them. And so here's the two questions that you we're just calling you to respond to this morning. Parents, by coming before co, sorry, parents, by coming forward before God and his people, do you declare your desire to dedicate yourselves and your children to the Lord? Brilliant. Thank you. And then um the next one. Do you promise with God's help to provide a home full of love, security and peace to raise your child in the truth of the gospel? in the hope that one day they may put their trust in Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Modeling this kind of love and making this kind of commitment cannot be done alone. In our Western civilization, we're not brilliant at this. The tribal cultures have it a lot better when they realize it takes a village to raise a child, was one of the old proverbs. And I really believe it takes a church to raise a child and to disciple a child well. Um, I'm very, I want to be very intentional about my own parenting of my own kids, but I'm very aware and I really desire and uh, them to be discipled and grown up and nurtured in, in a family um, because I don't have everything that they need. 
And, uh, and so it's great for us as a body of Christ to commit to our friends and brothers and sisters here as they dedicate to the Lord themselves. All right. So what I'd love you to do at this point, love everyone to stand. And then I'm going to ask you to respond with a, hopefully a, a resounding we do or I do. Let's not uh, whimper this. Let's, uh, show, let's sh- show our uh, commitment to this and maybe the decibels of our voice. Uh, this is what we want to say to all, all of us. We want to respond. Do you promise with God's help to be faithful in your calling as members of the body of Christ to help these parents be faithful to God and to help teach and train their children in the ways of the Lord so that they might one day trust him as Savior and Lord. We do. Brilliant. Okay, you can now be seated again. What we're going to do now, just before they come up, let me just say, as we've prayed together, let me welcome into the family of God here. Let us welcome Harris and Elijah, Harry, Samuel, Clara, Serena, and Marley. You are children of love. God is here to bless you and bless you beyond telling, to be born of parents who love you and love each other and want to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Grow gently in the love of God. We bless you and pray Christ be near you now each and every hour of your life. So I'm going to ask three of the couples to come forward, and we're just going to pray a prayer of dedication over each child. So if um, we could have Harris, Elijah, and Marley, and their parents, if that's all right, Paul and Sue, Adam and Claire, and Jackie and Nick, if you guys would come forward. And what we're going to do now, I'm going to pray a prayer of dedication, but each one of our leadership will just pray a specific individual prayer of blessing over each child. If any family members or godparents or anything like that would like to stand beside them, feel free. There's no pressure. But if you'd like to come up, you're, you're more than welcome to do that. So maybe our lead team would come forward as well. So we're going to pray for Harris, first of all. Where's Harris? Here's Harris here. There he is. And uh, Stephen's going to come and pray over Harris. We can see, we've got a picture of each child um, as they're prayed for on the screen. This is Harris Alexander Downard, and his name means lion and home ruler. (laughs) 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 He looks like he's going to do a good job of that, doesn't he? So I'm going to ask Stephen, uh, one of our leaders here, to pray for him, and then I'm going to dedicate him unto the Lord. Okay. Father, we just thank you for Harris, Lord. We just want to pray your blessing over him, Father. I want to pray your protection over him. Father, I want to thank you for him, that you have created him, and you have a purpose and a plan for him, Lord. We just pray that purpose and that plan into being. Father, we just pray that he will be someone who carries the culture of the kingdom into this world, Lord. The, the culture of the kingdom into his primary school, into his high school, into his workplace, Father. I pray that he will be known as someone, Father, who is on fire for you and who is someone who is... Uh, a culture changer, Lord, someone that um, will bring the culture of heaven to wherever he goes, Father. Just pray a blessing on him, Father, and bring him up to be a, a strong and mighty warrior for you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Horace Downard, we bless you in the name of the Lord, and we dedicate you unto him. We bless you, and we ask that the Lord would make his face shine upon you that he would lift up his smile upon you and be gracious unto you, and that he would give you peace. We dedicate you unto the Lord in the name of the Father, and the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We all say amen. <clears throat> amen. Good stuff. That's um, prayer for Elijah now. I'm going to pray for Elijah. Elijah. Dedicate him unto the Lord as well. If you're comfortable, you don't have to, but if you're comfortable, you want to stretch your hand out. Let's do this as much as possible as a community and as a family. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, Lord Elijah. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of his life, oh God. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for his life. Thank you, Lord, that even when he was in his mother's womb, God, that you were um, putting him together, that you were, you know his frame, and uh, Lord, you know everything about him. God, I just want to pray that he would be a prophet unto the nations, O oh God. Lord, I thank you that his name means the Lord is my God. And Lord, we just want to pray that you would, uh, you would be close to him. Lord, we pray that he would have an eye and an understanding, O oh God, of uh, supernatural things, O oh God. We pray that, Lord, your angels would guard and protect around him. We pray that he would come to know you in a very real way, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we pray that he would be a seer, one that sees, Lord, the things of the kingdom of God and declares those new things into being. Lord, we pray for a prophetic mantle to be upon his life, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for Adam and for Clara and for his big sister, Lord, in this whole family circle. We pray that you would bless them, O oh God, as a family. We pray that you would bless their going out and their coming in and they would know the hand of the Lord upon them. And so, Elijah, we bless you in the name of the Lord. We bless you with the smile of the face of the Father resting upon you. May he, be, may he lift up his face on you. May he be gracious unto you. And may you know his peace. We dedicate you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Great stuff. And Marley. I'm going to pray for Marley. There she is. Beautiful little girl on the screen. Pleasant and strength. And Bruno's going to pray. And then I'll, I'll pray a prayer of Daddy. Yes, Father, we just um, thank you for Marley and thank you for the gift that she is and thank you for the pleasant nature that you have placed in her. And I just pray, God, that as she grows, your spirit and your word would be strong in her heart and that those would be her north star, those would be the things that she would align herself with, that no matter how high and loud the culture and the people around her shout that she would just seek to, uh, your face all the time God and and I pray um that perhaps a gift of music that you've put in her God and a, and a gift of worship that you've put in her God I pray that that could be stewarded well I pray for Jackie and Nick that they would see that in that in her and that they would nurture that and that they would invest in that and that they would um release her into that that she could be somebody who lifts your name high God in your name amen And so, Marley, may the Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> and may the Lord make his face to shine on you all the days of your life. May the Lord lift up his smile upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he give you peace. We dedicate you unto the Lord in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Why don't we give these guys all a round of applause. Bless you all. Okay, we now have uh, Lynn and Johnny coming with Samuel and Clara, and then we have Serena with Andrew and Melissa, and uh, little Harry with Nick and Amy. Could you come forward as well? Um, if you spread out along the front, that would be great. Okay, we'll start with Lynn and Johnny, if that's all right. So I think um, Debbie's going to pray for Samuel, all right, and Chris going to pray for Clara, all right, yeah. <clears throat> so we'll pray for Samuel first, Debbie, all right. This is uh, God has heard Samuel Robert Lockhart. Beautiful. Yes, Father, we um, just lift this family up to you today, and Lord, thank you for the strength of this family in it. Thank yeah. you for Lynn and for Johnny and for Clara and just the absolute blessing that Samuel is um, in their family. And Lord, I thank you for um, just the gentle spirit that you've put within Samuel and the wisdom that you have imparted to him as well. And Jesus, I just think about um, Samuel and the Bible. And Lord, I pray that in a similar way that this little Samuel would be tuned in to hear your voice and to recognize your voice throughout his life, that he would uh, develop a, a deep relationship with you that would just dictate his every step and his every thought. Um, so Jesus, we just really pray protection over him. And Lord, we just pray this little boy would develop into everything that you have created him to be and do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
So Samuel, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his smile upon you all the days of your life and give you peace. We dedicate you, Samuel, unto the Lord in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. 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 All right, Clara. Hey, yeah. <laughs> okay, she's going to stand. Oh, that's good. Um, God, we thank you for Clara. God, we thank you that uh, you love her. We thank you for the um, artistic and creative person that you have made her to be, the joy and happiness that you place within her. Lord, we thank you for um, the fun that that is upon her life. I pray that she would really bring your peace and bring your presence to every room and every environment that she walks into. God, that people would know that you are real just by knowing her. And Lord, may she carry your presence, may she carry who you are in such a wonderful and powerful way that it would change her life, but it would also change the lives of those around her. So Lord, we bless her. We ask God for your peace and your protection upon her in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Clara, we bless you in the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you all the days of your life. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and his smile upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord grant you his peace. We dedicate you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, Samuel and Clara. Okay, Andrew and Melissa. Serena. Her name means clear, tranquil, and serene. Beautiful, isn't she? Okay, Chris is going to pray for Serena. Yes, Lord, we thank you for Serena. We thank you um, just that, that she is someone uh, of beauty. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that she carries your presence. I pray that she would really know just deep within her heart from, from this age and, and um, onwards that she is your child, that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, that she would carry your presence wherever she goes, that other people would know that you're real just through her witness and through who she is. Lord, I pray that she would have a hunger for your word and a hunger for truth. And just particularly, Lord, in a culture where, where truth is something that is not valued, I pray that she would value your word, your stories, and your truth. And would she carry your truth and live it out in a way that would impact others and bring glory to your name. Jesus' name. Amen. So, Serena, may the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up a smile upon you all the days of your life. And may you know his peace and shalom resting upon you. We dedicate you unto the Lord in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Looks like a daddy's girl, doesn't she? <laughs> Bless you guys. And now let's pray for little Harry, Nick and Amy. Debbie's going to pray for. <laughs> yes, Father, we um, really thank you, Lord, for blessing Amy and Nick with this little one. And Jesus, thank you that as Psalm 139 says, your eyes saw his unformed body before one of his days even came to be. Um, and Lord, we just lift him before you today and we ask you to bless him and to protect his life. And Father, thank you for um, just the little personality and the character that bubbles out of this little one. And Jesus, I pray that that would be used for you and for your glory. And Jesus, I pray for really good, sound friendships throughout his life as well, where um, Harry would have a real impact on those who cross his path. And Jesus, I pray that you would give Harry a heart to know you. Give him a burning desire, Father, to know his heavenly dad who created him and who has a purpose for his life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be strong in the Lord, this boy. Amen. God, we, we uh, pray the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you 
and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you. May you know his smile and give you peace and shalom. Pray that your peace would rest upon him. Your shalom, God, would rest upon him. We dedicate you unto the Lord in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give them all a round of applause, would you? Bless you guys. <laughs> Great stuff. It's such a beautiful thing to do, isn't it? Dedicate all these children. Um, we're hopefully um, not going to be um, too long this morning, so there'll be opportunity to chat and meet and go and say hello and welcome these um, little children here into our family more and more. We're going to just transition now. Chris is going to come and give it a couple of announcements. And all of our primary school children, it's time for you guys to go out. You've all done really well. Well done. Give them a round of applause as they go, could we? Um, our kids' leaders are at the back. They're waiting for you. Um, and Chris is going to give a couple of announcements just as they transition. All right, so um, just as the, as the kids are going out, just a few things we want to let you know about. Um, if you didn't already know, and because there's lots of people here, we do have a toilet which is here, but there is another toilet up the mall as well because I know things are, are pretty busy here this morning. Um, if you're here for the dedication this morning, we're going to have some extra kind of buns and treats and stuff. We'd love for you to hang around and, and stay and just uh, hang out. There'll be tea and coffee after the service uh, as well. But please just be aware, once the kids are signed out from children's ministry, they are their parents' responsibility, and it's not too far before they'll be out into the footpath and the main road there. So just be aware of that from a safety point of view. A um, couple of quick announcements. This evening in, uh, in Lurgan, in Emmanuel Lurgan, is our encounter night. And that's just a, a time and a space for people to really connect and go deeper with God. Um, uh, we have some extra worship uh, and ministry. There'll be uh, op more opportunities for prayer ministry and things like that. So please, um, if you want to come to something like that, um, it's on tonight at half past six in Lurgan. Um, we're going to take up our offering. And we do this every week as part of our worship. It's how we give back to God. Um, there are gift aid envelopes on your chairs and pens there if you want to give through the gift aid scheme. But don't feel obligated to give. If you're a guest or visitor, just allow the offering basket to go past you. That's fine. Not a problem uh, at all. Um, and then just uh, one last announcement. That's this Wednesday night is our corporate prayer. So corporate prayer is on every other week. Once a month, roughly, it's in, in Portadown, then once in Lurgan. Um, so on this Wednesday night, it will be here. It's at 7.45 p.m. And we're going to be um, just joining together with uh, our churches from Lurgan, from Shalom and Cara, coming together to pray. Um, so that's all the announcements. Thank you. Good stuff. Um, so, guys, um, before we just um, share a few thoughts, we have one more announcement for you, which is really quite an important announcement. <laughs> um, uh, so, apologies if you're visiting with us today. It's kind of like a family announcement, but it's an important one in that um, this is supposed to be our last Sunday here in um, this building um, because we were told that we would be... Um, having to leave on the 31st of January, I think, the end of January. So we're able to have corporate prayer in here on Wednesday night and basically then try and clear out. And so at this minute, we're planning to be in the town hall next week. <clears throat> and saying that, we just found out literally in the last couple of days that there may be the possibility to stay for a little bit longer. So um, the problem is they can't tell us for sure until Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> so I think the Lord is trying to bring us right to the end of ourselves to trust him and to listen to him. I think he's trying to tell us some stuff. Um, and so that, I know, from a practical point of view, is not very helpful in terms of being able to tell you exactly what's happening next week um, at this moment. And I'm sorry I can't do that, but it's kind of out of our hands. But it might be out of our hands, but it's in God's, yeah? And uh, he knows what he's doing with this. And so 
what we're going to have to do is, um, we're going to, if you can come along on Wednesday night, that'd be great. Hopefully we'll know more on Wednesday night and can communicate some stuff at the corporate prayer time. But we'll also send out whatever's happening, a detailed email to you, um, at, you know, hopefully by Wednesday at the latest about what is happening. Okay. So if you're not on our email list and you don't get the weekly email, make sure that you tell one of us at the end so that you are getting that. So, um, Lord, uh, I started off at the start of the year trying to describe a little bit, but I felt the Lord was doing and saying to us and um, how uh, it's been amazing how he hasn't been leading us in just the conventional kind of way. And it seems to be getting more unconventional by the week, doesn't it? And so, uh, But it's great to be blown by the Spirit and blown by the wind of God. And that's what the followers of Jesus should be. So um, please do... Um, I just love you with that information to consider it prayerfully for us. You know, it's really easy to sort of speculate and get into kind of, you know, just opinions and, and that's all fine. But it'd just be great if we could just really consider this prayerfully before the Lord so that we would just know his leading and there would be where he wants us to be. All right. So if you can focus for the rest of the time, then I just want to share a few thoughts this morning in line with what we've just um looked at this morning, uh, children and dedicating children and talking a little bit about legacy and passing on the story, they remind us of the great theme um, in the Bible and in life of family. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the idea and the dynamic of family in, in the Bible. It's the primary motif for the church. The church isn't a cooperation. It's not a business. It's not an enterprise. First and foremost, the church is family. It's the family of God. And the thread of family runs right through the Bible. Um, and I want to just talk to you a little bit uh, for, uh, this morning, 10 or 15 minutes just about that, and uh, and just leave you with an invitation, I think, from the Lord this morning. We, we When we read the Bible, we can adopt, if you like, a mindset or a framework of, of, of family, um, because it's a story of God who is family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? We believe in a triune God who is family, so so entwined and so honoring and serving and loving of one another that they are one. It's a great mystery of our faith, but it's a beautiful thing. It helps us understand why we are relational beings who are connected uh, to family, because God is family, and He created us in His image, right? We are image bearers, and so all of us are on a search for some kind of deep belonging, meaning, and connection, because that's who God is, and that's how we were created. And so um, he created from his own sense of family, he created people in his image to share that love and that sense of family with, right? It was like he wanted to extend what he enjoyed between the, the Son and the Holy Spirit together to include those he made in his image, and he wanted um, us to know him and love him in a deeply, deeply knowing way. In a, in a very kind of, you're known. Like, you know, we have a little phrase we use sometimes in church called, you just know when you're knower, right? Wherever you're, you, and there's places like deep inside us that God wants, he wants to know us. And that's how and why we were created. And uh, <clears throat> human beings were created to enjoy that sense of family. But um, the problem was human beings kind of, broke, if you like, that sense of family dynamic by wanting to pursue their own gain. And instead of allowing God the Father to be their source of knowledge, their source of love, their source of family, they decided to do it their own way. And, um, and that broke God's heart, and that broke the sense of family, that fractured the sense of family that they had enjoyed. And so after a couple of field of attempts by humanity, which we read about in the first kind of 11 chapters of the Bible, where we have to have the flood, and then we have the Torah of Babel, and God scatters, that after field attempts from humanity to try and sort this out for themselves, God then chooses a man called Abraham to get his rescue mission, to get his story back on track. And the method is still the same, though. The method hasn't changed. The way God wants to win the world is through, guess what? Not just an individual, but a family. God wants to showcase his purposes for the world through a community of people, through, through a family. And he told Abram that he wanted to bless him and make him a great nation. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. But then it says, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
Okay, so God was telling Moses, or sorry, Abraham, or Abraham was born. God was telling Abraham that I want to bless you, then I want to bless your family, so that through your family, all the families of the earth could be blessed. And so God's dream of having a family of families would be fulfilled. And so Abraham's name was changed to Abraham, which literally means a father of many peoples. So Abraham. That's why, you know, if you were brought up around Sunday school and you sung Father Abraham and nodded your head and shaked your arms and all that kind of thing, right? Um, it actually, theologically, even though it's a weird song, right, it was, it is true, yeah, that he is the father of our faith. And in some ways, he embodied the characteristics of our heavenly father who's always wanted a family around him. And uh, uh, the idea was that God, the flow of blessing, because God is a blessing God, that the flow of blessing would move through Abraham, through his family, to all the families on the earth. That's always been God's intention. And so God, this is, this is really key. We take this for granted, right? But like in Greek mythology and in all the cultures of the world who talk about their gods, right? They don't speak. And everybody actually knows they're a myth. Right? Zeus and all these kinds of things. Most people actually know that's just mythical. They've never actually really engaged with humanity. But this God, He speaks. And He doesn't just speak, but He engages with the ones that He loves in a very deep way, in the particular particularities of life. He engages and He loves them. And He's taken up in conversation with them. And there is a story that then the descendants of Abram will tell about the God that spoke to dad. And then the God spoke to his son Isaac and will tell that story. And then the God that came down and wrestled with Jacob will tell that story as well. And then Jacob's sons become the 12 tribes of Israel, become the nation of Israel. And God comes down on mountains and meets them and talks to them. And so there's a story that needs to be passed down. Right? This is why dedication is so important. Because what we're doing is we're realizing that we are part of a story that's been unfolding from the beginning of time. And we're going to take responsibility as parents and as a church to pass the story on. And here's the thing. No matter how many times I've tried to snuff the story out, it can't be. J.K. Chesterton said this great phrase. He says, five times Christianity went to the dogs. And every time it was the dogs that died. Yeah? Every time it looked like it was going to be snuffed out, it wasn't. Because this is a story of history itself. And so when we dedicate children this morning, it's so holy. Because we realize that we're part of the unfolding story of God in and through His people. And this message, it was a message to tell, a story to tell, a good news story. God, the maker of heaven and earth, He loves humanity. And He wants to know them. And He wants to be in relationship with them. Because the story of this God and His people was actually a real story. It wasn't the stuff of simple myth. It was a real story of a God who loved actual people like you and me. And so what we actually realize is that the story of God was bound up with the story of His people. His story was actually becoming part of their story. Our stories were bound up in the story of God Himself. And as you read the Old Testament and try to get your head around it, you start to realize that the story of Almighty God is bound up with the story of slave servant people who had to work and work and work under the regime of, an, of, 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 of a hardened kind of wicked man called Pharaoh. And God's story is bound up with the least. It's bound up with them. God lives our story. The story of God is bound up with the story of His people. God lives the history of the world. He lives it. He doesn't just like ride over it and make the odd observation. He lives in it. He enters into it. He comes down and becomes part of it. And this is the message that we're supposed to carry. And we see this so many times throughout the Scriptures. We see God talking about His people as His children. The prophets talk about His children like God is like a mother and God is like a father. How can I forget you? How can I forget you like a, like a mother uh, who, who nurses its child? How can I give you up? Even though you've broken my heart and wounded my heart so many times, how can I give you up? And we see this God who allows himself to be so vulnerably um, uh, 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 witnessed to the people because he's, he's wounded that many times in his heart. 
but he, he can't give them up. Why can he not give them up? He can't give them up because his story is bound up with theirs. Our story, the story of humanity has become his story. That's the point. That's why he created us. And um, there's a great human example of this in the Bible of a father-son. And the language, just to think, helps me kind of articulate what I'm trying to say this morning or what I think the Lord wants to say. And it's a story of Jacob, just to really quickly, of Jacob and Joseph. So Abraham's grandson was Jacob, and then he had 12 sons. And you know Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat and all that. And he had, the, he had the, 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 the coat of many colors, and he was a bit proud and cocky and told his parents or told his brothers that they would bow down to him, and they went to kill him. But then they threw him in a pit. He ends up in Egypt and interprets the dreams of Pharaoh and goes right to the kind of top of Pharaoh's court, pretty much prime minister of that um, area. And uh, um, uh, the, 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 if you read the story on, it tells us that, um, that eventually you know, the brothers come. They don't recognize Joseph as um, the, the ruler that he is in Pharaoh's court. And they come to get food because it's a time of famine. And uh, Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And he sort of plays with them for a while as he's trying to process all of the emotions of seeing his brothers again. And he sends them back and he says, the only way that you can get grain or the only way I'll let you live is if you leave one of your brothers here and go and tell your father Jacob that um, he has to come or he has to bring Benjamin, who was the youngest son. He was the 12th son and, and a son of um, Jacob's late in age. And, uh, and the brothers say, we can't bring Benjamin because, because he lost one of his other sons, Joseph. They didn't obviously realize he was Joseph. He lost one of his other sons. And, and he loves Benjamin so much that if, if, we, if we tell him that we'll have to bring Benjamin here and something would happen to him, then he, he'd die. It's lights out. The grief will take him over. And this is, this is what it says. This is how they describe it. And the brother said, Now, therefore, as soon as I come to your servant, my father, that was Jacob, and the boy is not with us, then... As his, or because his life is bound up in the boy's life, as soon as he sees that boy is not with us, he will die. It's not a, a stunning phrase. His life is bound up in the boy's life. That the grief of the boy dying or missing the boy, his life is so bound up in his son that if anything happens to him, he will die as well. And when, you're, when, when you've been blessed to be a parent, you start to understand a little bit about that. Your life is bound up because part of who you are, it's not, it's not an invention. It's not some great thing that you came up with. It's part of who you are. The life of the boy bound up with the life of the father. And when we think about God and we think about the father of the family of, of, of humanity, his people, this is who God is. This is not some distant scientist in heaven just trying to do his best to control the world. This is a father whose life is bound up, bound up with humanity, bound up with our stories. His pain, our pain is his pain. He feels it. He takes it into himself. And he, because he's God, he longs to redeem it. And he can because of what Jesus has, has done. And so when we're reading through the Old Testament, we start to realize that God's story is bound up with Israel. It's bound up with Israel's story. I'm, even though, it, even though that it's like they take God's heart out of his chest and stamp on it numerous times, God's heart is bound up with his children. But we start to realize that another dimension to this, that even as his story is bound up with Israel, it's bound up with Israel's story because it's bound up with the story of the world. Because Israel's purpose or vocation was to receive the blessing of God, not just that they could say, oh, aren't we wonderful? We, had the we got the blessing. You guys didn't. No, 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 no. Right? That wasn't like the point. The point was we want to receive that blessing so that then we can showcase who God is to the world and overflow with his love and glory so that all the nations of the earth can be blessed. That was the original promise to Abraham. Right? That's why he's the father of our faith as well, and not just the, the Jews or the Israelites, right? But when we get to the end of the Old Testament, we realize there's a problem. And the problem is that the Israelites haven't done that powerful a job of it, right? And to be honest, as much as, as, much as we love the Old Testament, from being really honest, the Old Testament ends as a bit of an anticlimax. 
The Old Testament ends with what you might call as a bit of a shrug of the shoulders. All Israel are left with are a few prophecies, a few amazing prophecies. But all they can do is speculate about how they're going to come true. And so I say that to say, <laughs> thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus who comes as the fulfillment of the whole story. And what Israel couldn't do, Jesus was going to do in and of himself. And he comes teaching the scriptures and it says he's got authority. Why has he got authority about the Old Testament when he speaks about it and how to interpret it? Because he wrote it. He, he is the one who's fulfilling the whole story. A human being who comes like us, even fully God, yes, but a fully human. He lives, he dies, he, te he teaches us how to live first and foremost. He dies, he rises, he ascends to heaven and he comes to fulfill the whole story. He fulfills it all. And the anticlimax at the end of the Old Testament is now fulfilled because all the things that we've saw about God throughout the Old Testament now have come fully true in the person of Jesus who comes down as, uh, as God, but like us, who veils His glory and walks among, among us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's His name. He has come and lived amongst us. He has fulfilled the story. This is why John wants to say this. No one has ever seen God. Now, John's a good Jew. He knows that Abram has had some encounters. He knows that Moses has had some encounters. He knows that David has had some encounters, some really incredible encounters. But then he'll say this. No one has ever seen God. Why has no one ever seen God? Because what he wants to say is this. But the unique one who is himself God and near to the Father's heart, he has revealed God. He wants to tell us, if you don't know what God's like, now you do. He looks like Jesus. That's what he looks like. He is the fulfillment of who God is. And this father and son who are bound up in love for one another, Jesus comes and reveals who God is to us. And he, he can't, he can't give us up. Jesus fulfills the story. And all those little lies that we dedicated this morning. In the same way that Jesus fulfills the story of the Old Testament and the story of humanity. Only Jesus can fulfill their lives. Only Jesus. And what I want to just encourage you with this morning, only Jesus can fulfill your life. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. You might, you might not agree with me and that's okay. But only Jesus can do it. You weren't created. You weren't created for anything else to do it. God didn't make anything else to fill the part of you that only you can fill. And every single one of us have a good have had a good go at trying a lot of other things, haven't we? But only Jesus. Only Jesus can do it. And He came with this message that our God reigns, and His kingdom is coming, and everything that has gone wrong in the world. But that everything that's gone wrong in my life, Jesus can redeem. Jesus can put right. He's come to invite me into the family of God. The one who is right beside the Father's heart. He says, like, see the love that we have? I want you to know that now, Terry. I want to invite you into my family. And like the prodigal son, I'm closing the next few minutes. Like the prodigal son, Jesus comes with this message. And here's the message. And I feel like some of you really need to hear this today. And I want to speak it over the children that we dedicated as well. But I feel like some of you need to hear this, right? This was the message of Jesus. And this is why he told the, prodigal, the, the story of the prodigal son, right? No matter how far you've gone, no matter how far you've run away from home, right? Today, you can come home. You can come home today. And you know what's waiting for you when you come home? Not like a dressing down. Not like, what have you been playing at, you stupid whatever? Do you know what's, you know what's waiting for you? A father who's like running to get to you. He's more, he's more willing to get to you than you are to come home. And all you have to do is make the choice to start walking. And God is running towards you. And he's running towards you with a new change of clothes. <laughs> all the stuff that feels filthy and shameful and all of that. He's running to take all of that off you and put a robe of righteousness on you. A crown on your head, a ring on your finger. And to give you back more than you ever even thought you lost. You can come home. 
And you know, my prayer is for all of these beautiful children that we dedicated this morning, you know. My prayer is that they won't go too far from home. Right? That's what our prayer is. But none of us know, don't they? And I don't know about my kids either. And, you know, the reality is, the world that we live in, they might. They might go far from home. But do you know the good news of our messages? The good news of the story we passed down. He can always come back home. He can always come back home. And as a body of Christ and as a church, what we're supposed to be, even though the church hasn't been very good at showing it, what we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be a place that welcomes back the prodigals. We run out to get them. We run out to get them. And we pull them in and we throw a party. And we say all the orphan sons and daughters can now sit at the table and have a party because on Jesus it's all been made new. It's all been fulfilled. The reality is, and I don't mean to pry on the people's personal lives, but the reality is, talking from experience, every one of our lives without Jesus, if we're being honest, it's a bit of an anticlimax. I mean, like the Old Testament, there's some good bits, but ultimately, it's a bit of an anticlimax. Like, I think there's some things that were exciting, but I'm not that interesting without Jesus. And my life without Jesus, it's, it's all right, but it's a bit of a shrug of the shoulders. Here's the best I've got, but, but with Jesus, with Jesus, everything changes. With Jesus, everything changes. The dreams of the Father that he created me with, that he was thinking about me, the Bible says, when I was in my mother's womb. I get to walk into the plans and purposes that God has for me. With Jesus, it's all fulfilled. All that went wrong is now being redeemed. Everything that's broken, everything that's fractured, now can be made up and healed up. We want people to know that they can come home. Jesus is the fulfillment of the story this morning. And Jesus is the fulfillment of your story this morning. And Jesus and only Jesus will be the fulfillment of every child that we've dedicated here this morning. And that's our prayer for their lives. Because here's the thing, and I can speak from experience, as cute and as beautiful as they all look today, right? They've all got a will. They'll all develop a will. And that will will find certain things that it enjoys. And they've got an ego that will like to be stroked in all sorts of different ways. Right? And we hope and we pray, as I said, that that doesn't take them too far away. But the good news of the message that we keep shouting about and we keep proclaiming, the message that has been going on for centuries and centuries and centuries, our God reigns. His kingdom is coming and you can always come home. You can always come home. Because Jesus has done for you what you can't do for yourself. And Jesus has done for them what they'll never be able to do for themselves, which is save their own souls, surrender their hearts to him, and know his love, and be welcomed back into the family of God. Welcome then. Welcome then to the family of God. A party is waiting, and your purpose is waiting. Your true purpose is waiting. Everything can be healed and restored because our stories are all only fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Why don't we pray? Just take a moment in the quiet. <clears throat> I'm just going to pray a prayer. I just feel this morning that there maybe are some people that, you know, you just you, you feel the Holy Spirit just speaking to you. You don't even understand everything that's been said, but you know, there's something just tugging at your heart. Something that you're potentially just missing. And you, you're aware of it today. You're aware that you can be found. And I just want to pray a prayer that maybe you want to pray this morning with me. And then if you do, I'd love to chat to you afterwards about it. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you're pursuing me. Even when I haven't realized it. And thank you that in these moments, you have wanted to say to me that I can come home. That I can come home to you. Thank you for Lord, the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his death on the cross. Thank you how it deals with my sin, my brokenness, and my shame. And thank you that as I give you my life, you give me yourself. You establish me as one of your sons. And you welcome me into your family. Lord Jesus, I pray that this morning that in every single person here today that you would just be at work, Lord. Remind us of this great message, this great story, that God loves humanity. He will not, uh, he will not ever stop loving humanity. And that means every single one of us. And so we pray, God, today that you impress that upon our hearts afresh. Lord, we pray for the children that we dedicated this morning. We pray for every one of them that your pursuit would be on them and upon them, O oh God, that they would become aware of it early in their lives and that they would open up their hearts to you and all that you want them to become in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll leave you with this, um, um, I'll leave you with this quote, Leif Peterson. So some of you will know Eugene Peterson was um, a great, great man who died last year. He wrote the message version of the Bible, he wrote num numerous, numerous books, um, uh, brilliant, brilliant scholar, but just a beautiful man with a beautiful spirit. He wrote the whole Bible in the message version. Um, he just died about six months ago. And at his funeral, or coming up, that Leif, his son, Leif Peterson, um, was talking about his dad. He preached all over the world, wrote books all over the world. And, and this, is, this is what Leif said about his dad. He said, for 50 years, you stole into my room at night and whispered softly to my sleeping head. It's the same message over and over God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you. He's relentless. And uh, I just want to encourage, particularly the parents who dedicated their children to the Lord, but maybe each and every one of us, it's a great little thing just to take. It's a great message just to keep telling, keep whispering into your children's mind. This is the story of God. It's worth passing on. And God's coming after us. And then Jesus, he's made a way for us to know him. So Lord bless you. Thanks for being here today. If you uh, had kids in the um, kids uh, club, and Sunday school, please go round there at 12 o'clock. I've got five or six minutes here just to mingle. But if you can go round, I'll be waiting for you at 12. Please do stick around. We've got fresh tea and coffee made and some nice things to eat. And I would encourage you to stick around. If you'd like us to pray for you or speak to you about anything, we're always willing and available to do that. But it's been great to have you with us. Lord bless you. And um, if you're coming back next week, just check your emails, okay? The Lord, the Lord bless you.